I am on the rise. By surprise, I will be found. And the last of your goodbyes, it's you I will surround. I am unexpected. In the brave and quiet, I thrive. On the surface, I look normal. And the mind is where I hide. A battle I am fighting. The war that no one sees. Camouflaged and buried, my drums of death will beat. In the dark, I will come to find you. When you're ready to concede, I take the lives of many, whether soldier or marine. The pain is reoccurring. The tears will never stop. When you end your life with me, it's their lies I will haunt. On watch to steal your glory, it's a shame that I will bring. Nothing left but questions with others left to grieve. Another White Star family, another six to carry. The war machine goes on, their torment we will bury. A Soldier Suicide by Eric Milzer. Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Uh, what he just read there was uh, kind of deep. Uh, it actually touches us both uh, in different ways. <clears throat> but we kind of want to take a different route with this show. You know, we've had, we've had a lot of laughs. We've had a lot of talks about different things. And, and frankly, we enjoyed it. We don't enjoy this topic, but we know that it has to be talked about. Absolutely. It's a very serious epidemic, not just within the military, but as a whole uh, with this generation, it's just getting progressively more of an issue. Yeah. So what we're talking about really, it's suicide. Um, it, you know, we see it uh, all the time. We see it in, in, in the celebrity world. Uh, we see it within our, our ranks. We see it within our schools, our school-age children. Uh, we're going to bring up a lot of different facts. We're going to talk about um, you know, just how personally affects us, maybe even personal experiences that he and I both have had uh, dealing with this. But really, the point is, is to get attention to it and then maybe helping others at some point sometime. Because frankly, if one person heard this and they were like, you know what, I got to help somebody and they help somebody, then we did what we wanted to, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So what are you thinking? What are you thinking, man? Uh, this topic is really, it's different. Um, so we teach it where we work. And the first time I taught it, you know, it was just some information that we put out over and over and over and over again to students. But I was, I was facilitating it and I was like, I have had, numerous experiences throughout my career with this and honestly it was alarming to me and uh on a not funny note but kind of a funny note, i took the information that we teach the student mm -hmm. and i absolutely taught it to my daughter like because she's in that age group you know she's yeah. in that kind of 18 to 24 age group oh. and i was like she needs to know this stuff. She needs to know there's help and there's a way to yeah. get that help. So it's it funny. really touched me. It's not funny. I said it's funny. I mean, it's different because you said that um, I had looked up some facts uh, right there. So 2014, number three leading cause of death 
for kids 10 to 24 was suicide. Two years later, we're not talking like decades, where he said two years, 24 months, new fact comes out. Second leading cause of death among children, and that's I'm going to call them children from 10 to 24, because both of our, you and I are much older, um, but 10 to 24, second leading cause of death. Uh, here, real quick fact, one more teenagers and young adults die from suicide than from cancer, heart disease, AIDS, birth defects, stroke, pneumonia, influenza, and chronic lung disease uh, combined. That's insane. That's that's just so the one thing that I take from that. So I'm gonna kind of play the other side, the military side. So we say, oh well, it's the deployment pace. But mm. now we're looking at the civilian sector and we're going, okay, well, they're not, the civilian sector is not deploying yet. Their rates are going up just like the military rates are going up. Yeah. So it, it isn't just a deployment thing because nope. the majority of our job are those young 18 to 24 year old soldiers. And here you are talking about 10, uh, what was the age limit on yours? I said 10 to 24. So 10 to 24. So our young soldiers who make up the bulk of our military. 18 to 24. Fall into that group. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it is just, it's an issue. You know, and and I'm, I'm obviously, I'm focusing on the younger ages, but I know there's a much older ages that are doing this and whatnot. Um, but let's. For instance, okay, I watched. Uh, did you see that Thirteen Reasons to Die? No, you haven't no, seen that yet. I've not seen that. It's one of those Netflix shows, man. I'm gonna tell you, I got hooked. Like, I wanted to know why. The premise of the I don't want to give it all away, but basically, a young lady does commit suicide in it. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's graphic at the end. Like when I say graphic, I was like, ooh, I can't believe I just saw her do that. It's just graphic at the very end. But uh, going through it and seeing how people. Uh, we're treating her and stuff like that. So like that really bothered me, and I thought, why? I mean, what in the world? And then I thought to myself, you know what? That doesn't matter what age. What that little girl was going through, and she wasn't little. She was a high school girl, you know, a uh, young lady in high school. I think she was. I think the show starts off as a like a junior or a sophomore or something, and it just goes up through. Um, but seeing that, and I thought to myself, the way that she was being treated or interacting, and and don't get me don't get me wrong. Her interaction was a little bit off key too. So maybe, and I would never, ever, ever say that, oh, well, you shouldn't act that way. That's why this happened. But her interactions, so people didn't know how to read her and they were not taking her serious or taking her too serious. And so it's like, like, what do you do? You know, I don't know. Um, But it kind of, it's just one of those things that kind of got my attention. And then you talked to me about this Mission 22 deal. And and then I got hooked on like the new Linkin Park album. And I was just like, my brain was like in suicide overload you know, recently. And Have you watched, so there's a video you talk about Linkin Park. And for Chester, there's a video of him interacting with his kid and his wife and stuff the oh, night yeah. prior. Yeah. And so you talk about recognizing, but there was no recognizing. Like he's mm-hmm. playing. I don't know if you've ever played the wonderful game being boozled. It's disgusting. <clears throat> I got it downstairs on the bar. Uh, so yeah. he's playing being boozled with his kid, and the next mm. day he takes his own life. Uh, so yeah. it's it's like the reasoning why mm-hmm. people being left to answer mm-hmm. that question because you're gone. That that person's gone. They're not answering it no more. Mm-hmm. Now you have to figure it out. So. 
when we teach, I think the stat that we saw in our slide deck that we facilitate from is uh, every 16 seconds, somebody commits suicide. Every 17 yeah. seconds, somebody's left to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, exactly. And right. I've always, that slide has always been like really kind of hit home, hit the nail for me. Well, you think, I mean, the number, you, just the number in itself. So literally, we've been sitting here recording for 18 minutes and 15 seconds. Yep. Tons of suicides happen within the 18, across the nation, across the world. Uh, and when we talk about across the world, we've talked about your wife. She's from Canada and whatnot. Well, when I started looking up some facts, I saw, I found some facts from other countries and like what's going on in other countries. Uh, here's one right, right from Canada alone. One in seven Canadians have seriously considered suicide and more than 3,500 Canadians kill themselves each year. Canada, uh, yeah, Canada's suicide rate <clears throat> currently 12.3 per hundred thousand is constantly higher than the United States. I mean, maybe, I mean, and it said, it said ours is at 11.2, but it fluctuates obviously from, now that's per year capita to year. too, because they're they're also a very small population yes. in comparison to us. Yes. Um, uh, I remember uh, during the Olympics one year they said, "Hey, the population of Canada mm-hmm. is the entire population of California." So California alone has the same population as the whole country of Canada, because a lot of the northern part of Canada is very right, very uh, sparse. There's a lot of people that inhabit it. I looked up some global stats, and the one that got me was. 80,000 suicides a year in the world, one every 40 seconds globally. So, yes, yes, that's in China. <clears throat> There's another one. This is one that got me because I know, like, you know, the work conditions in China and how people, you know, you hear the stories of people throwing themselves out of the factory windows and try to commit. Uh, it says in China, someone takes uh, his or her own life at. On average, every two minutes, every two minutes, China accounts for nearly a quarter of the global total of suicides uh, with between 250,000 and 300,000 a year. 250,000, 300,000 a year. You're talking, I mean, that that's unbelievable. Yeah, the you know, numbers are staggering. I, and then it's a cultural thing, right? So China, remember a lot of China's history is they fought using suicide uh, the samurai mm-hmm. thing—you go back to samurai. Oh, there'd be yeah, Japan. I think were that one. <laughs> For, and I, well, Japan, yeah. yeah. So you you look at that culture, and maybe it's a little more acceptable, which is unfortunate. But those numbers are just off the charts. They they're really an issue. Mm-hmm. It is funny you said that about culture with it, because uh, I scroll down a little bit more. See something <laughs> about Japan, the Japanese. Well, you know they had the Japanese culture and. It's uh, it's referred to as stomach cutting. People have seen it before, right? You know, you yep. see it in the movie where the guy uh, or the gal they're sitting there and they take out the little the the knife or, or the the particular sword, small sword. I don't know the exact name of it, so I don't want to mess that up. But uh, it's called seppuku and was a ritual suicide performed by warriors, usually samurai, uh, about to get captured. So they would instead of giving up their image, they just you know. And then think about that. World War II. What did we have happen uh, at Pearl Harbor? Absolutely, a bold move. They had the, you know, they, they they took the offensive. They used audacity. They were bold. Nobody saw it coming, mm-hmm. 
And I actually just listened to a Pearl Harbor survivor speak, 100-year-old Pearl Harbor survivor speak last week. Did you? And he said he felt like you could see the determination to die Mm -hmm. in the eye of the Japanese soldier in the cockpit. Like He felt like he could see that they were like, it doesn't matter as long as I take an American Mm -hmm. with me. So, yes, absolute Pearl Harbor, excellent example. And and if if you want to really relate that, that time to modern times... You think about, well, what do we deal with on the battlefield? Um, suicide bombers. Uh, Which they're idolized. Yes. So I, I, I have an associate's degree in counterterrorism and through that study. So the same way that you as a kid probably threw up a Larry Bird poster yes. or a Michael Jordan poster, a yes. suicide bomber is idolized in that same respect culturally in that in that region that we're in now. Mm-hmm. So they, they idolize them. They want to grow up to be the man of the family who does that. So mm-hmm. it's, it is, it's really a different culture. I, it, but I have to say though, I think it's how they were raised or whatever. Cause I mean, you also have the, they have the ones that are brought into uh, the, those uh, organizations. I will call them you know, terrorist organizations. What do you want to call them? Um, but the, they don't quite want to do that. You know, um, <clears throat> for instance, uh, they've had like a mass amount of younger um uh, followers coming from the European areas to fight with, you know, ISIS and whatnot. And realizing when they get there, oh, this is not what I signed up for. I thought it was going to be way cooler than this. And they were trying to leave and they're like, no, you ain't leaving. You're going to do that, you know. So uh, I think really depends upon like how it's brought to them. When, uh, but we, we don't really want to paint the like that side of suicide. What we're painting is the prevention of how to, where can we, how can we help? Who can we help, uh, get help from? Um, one of the things you brought up in that poem though, uh, I, I thought it was, uh, it was pretty important because some people won't know what this is. You said it yourself. You said, Hey, I want to make sure I look this up. And we have a lot about star families. You have gold star, blue star, and then you brought up white star families. You want to tell us about that? So White Star Family, there's actually a website, and it's uh, www.whitestarfamily.org. And their mission is to remember the service and sacrifice of the 22 veterans who lost their battles to suicide and to honor and support the families of those fallen service members. So we really haven't talked about the 22 number significance just yet. No, no. Kind of touched around it. But basically the White Star is that family that's left behind. And it's an organization to help them cope, to help them answer those questions, to help them deal with that missing piece of their world mm-hmm. who lost to the darkness of suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you um, some of the most touching photos i ever seen. And, and people can see it everywhere on the internet. Um, it's, <clears throat> and we're going to constantly be going towards the military side of it, but we also will try to relate it to other things. But with this is, it's those... You've seen them before. It's the photo of maybe the person standing in front of a mirror or whatever. It's the reflection. And on one side, it's them just standing there, either in their uniform, and the reflection is them with gun to their head or pill bottle about to eat it. Or it's the other way around. You know, It just depends upon the picture. And I'll tell you right now, I see those things, and I get goosebumps when I think about it because I'm like, you know, it's like, what could I do to really, you know, reach out and help them? I mean, we teach it. You know, we go over, we facilitate, but when it comes time, you know, it's like when you're faced with that, it's like how many people shy away from it? That's what I worry about. So I'm going to tell you a very interesting story. So soldiers not doing the right thing and 
I catch on. And uh, I call where the soldier's supposed to have been for the last few days, and the soldier's not there. Mm-hmm. So I go to the, this organization, and he was getting out the military. And they said, oh, he canceled his three days of training. And I said, what? And they're like, he's never been here. So I call mm-hmm. the soldier. So I need you to meet me in my office now. Mm-hmm. And the soldier says, sorry, I can't do it. I'm done. Immediately, my mind goes into suicide mode. And it was mm-hmm. something simple as, I'm done. Well, what do you mean you're done? I'm done with it all. I just can't take it no more. So I was like, mm. okay. I'm, I'm a pretty young uh, soldier, leader. I said, okay, where are you? I'm going to come to you. And he says, no, no. And so I talked to him for about 20 minutes. And finally, he says, okay, you can come. I don't want anybody else there. Gotcha. So we go outside of the base and we go mm-hmm. to the local Walmart. Well, I called my platoon sergeant, my boss. Tone was going on. He decided I have to be there. Kid sees him, leaves, calls me. Sergeant, I told you I didn't want nobody else there, just you. I said, okay, I will leave him looking in the parking lot for you if you tell me where you are and I will come see you myself. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth it, Sergeant. I'm done with this all. He ends up telling me, hey, I'm on uh, the highway at the rest stop. And I went out there. All right, and uh, went by myself. Mm. Walked up to the car, soldier sitting in his car. I approached, I said, hey, uh, roll your window down. No, Sarn, because you're just going to snatch me out the window. I said, I would never do that. He said, Sarn, you'll snatch me out the window. I said, <laughs> okay. So I talked to him through the window, and finally the soldier said, I'll make you a deal. I will go with you to get help, yeah. but only you. So I took yeah. him to the local, uh, it's called Cumberland Hall where we're at. Uh, currently it's like a psychiatric hospital yeah. and processed him in. And he only would give me the code. He wouldn't let nobody else. Yeah. None of our supervisors could have the code. Yep. And I is had up to go to them. meetings with him. Mm-hmm. But my thought process was maybe he's doing this to get out of trouble. Mm-hmm. But what if he really has a problem? What if he would have took his life that day? Because mm-hmm. I was like, you're just trying to get out of trouble. Get here now. Mm-hmm. I have to live the rest of my life with that issue. Yes. And when the soldier went through his rehab and he went through his meetings and I went through some of the training mm-hmm. with him, I uh, spent some Saturday nights, come on hall, Saturday nights, pizza night. I spent some Saturday nights with the soldier, but he appreciated And to this day, every once in a while on social media, I'll get a message from him and say, I'm doing this, this, and this. And it's because you made me go get help. Yeah. So you just don't know the impact you have and you don't know what's serious and what's not. Yeah. To me, anytime... I'm done. I'm finished. I don't yeah. want to live. It's serious. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. You have to take it serious because if you yeah. don't, you, you may have been that per. You know, and this is anybody out there. You may have been that person that got those key words out of that person that was the warning, and then boom. absolutely. You know, let's go back. If we go back to like we were talking about uh, the Lincoln Park uh, Chester Benefit uh, Bennington. I'm Bennington. sorry, Chester Bennington. Uh, <clears throat> I. I'm telling you right now, like I listen to this stuff all the time and I'm like, oh my goodness, like all this is a suicide note. The entire albums, all the music, all that stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, like this dude was reaching out for a long time. Now, I don't know him. I don't know his family life. I don't know the treatment he may have got. I don't know what was going on. So I can't speak on that. But that's just an example of what we can say. Hey, there's something going on here. Like there's some things clicking wrong. You know, just like with the show I, I mentioned, you know, it's a real good show because it really goes into like all these different details of the different little nuances that just, it pecked away at that girl, pecked away, pecked away. And then all of a sudden 
she just said, I'm done. She, I mean, even the very last, I, I don't want to talk about it. Because yeah, if I, if no I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really but, bad about the spoilers. bring up a good point. So let's say, you know, I don't address that soldier like that. And I tell him, you get to me now. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I lay the hammer on the soldier. Right. Right. But the soldier commits suicide. Now that's my new demon that I have to deal with. That's my mm-hmm. darkness. Now yes. the burden gets too heavy. Now guess who mm-hmm. else has suicidal thoughts possibly? It could be my trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my daughter all the time, you really, because she used to say, well, I don't understand why people do stuff like that. But you don't know their trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's to say if something happened to me, that wouldn't be her trigger right. to think about, well, my dad, I can't live without my dad. Or, right. So you don't know your trigger. So very well, I could have took that burden on, guy commit suicide and now I'm the one mm-hmm. that needs to help. So you just have to listen and think things through and take it serious. It's so serious. I mean, you think that's that's kind of like along the lines of that whole uh, survivor's remorse. Uh it, it, you, you see it with guys that lose someone in battle or whatnot or 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 even even police officers, firefighters, you know, uh, anybody that goes into some type of danger, like their job is to go into danger. You know, uh, Simon Sinek talks about, it's it's weird how he talks about it. He says, what is it about a person that uh, that when danger is happening, they run towards it while everyone else runs away from it? Well, those are the type of people that you and I are running towards danger if, if we were to and something happened to one of us. Now we think, well, why couldn't it have been me? Why couldn't he live? You know, all this thing. It's I'll relate it to the same thing with the suicide thing. You know, it's like, why couldn't I be the one that had done something to save that person's life and let them see the sorrow? You know, now my brain starts clicking and you're thinking, oh man, you know, maybe I should have done it. Maybe I should, I, you know, it's, it's the, the constant burden on, on you and your, and this, and it really shouldn't be about you. It needs to be about them. Right. But you're now subject to, to, you know, those types of thoughts. And it's so many different scenarios. So I talked about the Pearl Harbor guy that I listened to speak. Um, there was another guy that was there. He was a USS Indianapolis survivor. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've shared this story with you. So he, he survived the sinking of the Indianapolis. He's one of very few to actually survive. Yeah. And he's in the ocean for four and a half days before he was rescued. Even smaller group, right? So we're talking... Was he swimming or... They had uh, their little flotation vest. I forget mm. the proper name of it. And they were really gathered in a gaggle. And then they find a raft. A group with a raft floats along that were survivors too. And they, they bunch together. The guy's friend says, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, they've been in the water for two, three days. And he says, I'm just going to let go. And I'm going to die. And the guy ties his buddy to the raft. Because he wouldn't let him do it. He wouldn't let him commit suicide. He tied him to the raft. Now, the remorseful the the side of that that he regrets is they end up losing sight of the raft. So something happens and there you know the, there's a shark attack or whatever and they lose sight of the raft. So he doesn't know what happened to his buddy. Eventually he knows that hey, only this many of us survived and he was one, not one of the survivors, but mm-hmm. he knows that he did not let him take his own life. So Awesome. So if you ever, so that generation is dying off pretty rapidly. If you ever get to hear any of them speak, though, yeah. And he was surprised. Ninety-four years old. Lots of jokes, you know. And when he could interject them, yeah. Uh, He wrote a book. His name was Sergeant Harrell. Wrote a really good book. Uh, I purchased it there. But yeah, no, he didn't want to let his buddy commit suicide, so he tied him to the raft so he couldn't. So, you know, you think about that. Um, I don't want you to commit suicide, so I tie you to the raft. 
Yeah. That to me in itself is almost it's 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 a uh, it's an oxymoron or it's it's I think or actually it's very metaphoric in a sense. How do I tie a person to the raft of life? I would agree. You see what I'm saying? So you talked about that tying to the raft, uh, and we, we just discussed a little bit. And, uh, well, I'll tell you. I've never told you about it. Um, when I was nine, I tried to commit suicide. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't. It wasn't. It was a weird attempt. Um, so life was not nice when I was younger. My mom will probably hear this at some point, and she'll realize, holy crap, I didn't know this is that much. Um, so life was really rough. Uh, when we were younger and, uh, what tied me to the raft one, I got caught. So, and then I got beat for it. And that's a reason, part of the reason why the, you know, the thoughts were in my mind, but I was that young one. So I mentioned earlier, second leading cause in 2016 was 10 to 24. I was nine. So I was in that range, you know what I'm saying? Um, but what does a nine year old have to do with community? You know what I mean? Like why, you know, and that was, that was, now I think about, I'm like, I didn't even know what life was. I didn't understand it. But what tied me to the raft is my little brother. Because we were together. We, we had a really abusive, I mean, very, I, he was very abusive uh, stepdad. And um, all I kept thinking to myself is, I can't let him go through this by himself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what, so more pain is what, and, and it, believe me, it got worse many years later. More pain is what kept me from creating, you know, that ultimate end of everything. And it, you know, it bothers me here and there um, when I think I, I wouldn't have had the life I live now. I would never met my wife. Now I had all three of my children, you know, and just all these different things. I'm thinking, no way would I, if I'd have known it then, would even consider it as an option. But at that time, at nine years old, I thought there's no reason to live. Life is horrible, you know? So it it's just weird, you know. I mine yeah. was my brother, you know, I felt bad for him, you know. I, I didn't care. I, my little sisters, they didn't live with us at the time because, you know, we were all separated and whatnot. But it was my brother that kind of and he'll probably hear this some down the road and he'll realize, oh, hey, I didn't know that either. Cause I never told them. It was one of those things where I kinda went into it and came out of it by myself, you know? Right. But not many people do that. No, they, no, and that's the yeah. thing. Like some people don't. So that your raft. Uh, some people maybe don't realize what their raft is. Mm-mm. You know, no. Um, deploying and stuff. I yeah. mean, I've been in situations on deployment where I was like, yeah. Uh, you think so? I I haven't contemplated doing it, but I've I've really thought about like, okay, well, uh, before I get captured and tortured, I'll take my own life. Much like, like this summer, right? That. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, I've thought about that. I absolutely have thought about it. But I've never, I can be honest with you, I've never had an attempt. Yeah. But I've been around a lot of attempts. Well, way too many. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. So there's, I mean, and it's not just the young. To tell you the truth, it's the older. I know of a guy who was in his retirement he was, uh, we have, we have what we call a transition leave, a vacation for those of you listening. Um, he and I both want to look forward to that at some point in life, right? At some right? point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but he was in his transition leave to become a civilian and couldn't find the job. All kinds of crazy things were going on. You know, this was during that same time frame. You know, we talk about it in our, uh, our, um, you know, the, the, 
the program that helps SFL TAP, Soldier for Life uh, Transition Assistance Program, that class. But there was a point in time where America thought soldiers were damaged products, were damaged goods, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And they weren't hiring, but then you see now you notice like everyone gets these these uh the, all these different um, tax breaks and all the, anything you know whatever it is they, they get more recognition if they hire a, a service member at some point. But he was at that time he wasn't uh, getting any type any type of offers or anything, and his mind was like I don't know how I'm going to afford this lifestyle for my family. Well, his next thing was. Well, you know what? My life insurance is X amount of dollars. You know? Mm, yeah. We put him in Cumberland Hall while he was on transition leave. Because he was still technically a soldier. So we ha- we took him and he got help. I just saw a picture of him the other day on Facebook. Smiling, happy. And I told my wife about that story. And I was like, y- you never know what will happen after, you know? And I, it's it's hard to relate to someone who's going through that because, you know, Dealing with you dealt with that young man. Uh, it was a young man, right? Yeah. You dealt with him in the vehicle, and he doesn't know you. But you can't say, "Hey, we have all these wonderful things out here, and this is how life can be." And because it's not always going to be that way. It's not always going to be, you know. <laughs> so, so your story actually relates very well to civilian life. You know, I mean, layoffs in and and, mm. and the workforce is a real thing. And mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, okay. I, I'm laid off. I can't get a job. Uh, I'm not working at McDonald's. I got to support my family. And you got all these things and you're looking at it and you're going like, what's the answer? So we talk about it when we teach the class, we see it as an only way out. Well, I can get the life insurance. Yes. I can take care of my family that way. It's the only way out. It's not the only way out. No. There are help, there's a lot of organizations out mm-hmm. there to help, not just military, but civilian side. There's yeah. the National Suicide Hotline, uh, which is actually 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. Okay. Sometimes, so let's just look at what we're doing right now. We're just having a conversation. And yeah. sometimes you sit down, you have a coffee. You have your Boston cream because it's the best donut in the world. <laughs> oh, I would and, agree with you there. And uh, you just talk. And you may be saving somebody's life just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the most social person uh, off, off work. And I've been working on it. And you don't know what impact you're having when you speak mm-hmm. to these people. So I'm riding bikes with this guy. And he's in an organization that I'm in. That, uh, it's a veteran, veteran enrichment group, Team RWB or RWB.org. Yeah, they have their own podcast. Absolutely, Eagle Nation, yeah. and he um, he shares with me that he was getting, you know, he was getting closed in by the darkness, mm. and he saw the flag at a run, and he's like, "Oh, what's that all about?" Because the RWB, when they go to runs, they'll run out and they'll grab a veteran, they'll run back, and they'll run yeah. back and forth. Yeah, and he looked into it and he joined a group, and uh, he has found new life in the group. And he is very happy and he's sociable and he's involved in everything. Yeah. So he went from this darkness almost has me, found an outlet and was like, you know what? No, no, the darkness is not getting me. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what talking to somebody will do for them. Yes. You, you don't, I don't need to know that because I talked to this guy today, he was going to commit suicide. Now he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't need to know that. It's awesome, but I don't need to know mm-hmm. what effect I had. I just need to have that effect. So um, my wife challenged me this new year to be more sociable, and I, I've done better. 
Oh, yeah. I try not to have the uh, angry face all the time. I'm not a little guy. So sometimes the angry face and my size do not play well. But I, I definitely have had some of the best conversations I've ever had in my life over the last nine months of this year. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, and so I have two different things I was going to bring up because you started talking. I was like, wow, that makes sense, you know. But w- one of the key things is you is you're reaching out. You came in contact with that Mission 22. Tell us about that. <clears throat> All right. So Mission 22 is a, a group that it's trying to raise veteran awareness. And what happened is I was just looking for something to do to support it myself. And I happened upon the website. I seen the logo somewhere and I was like, oh, what is Mission 22? And I went on the website and I saw the memorial that they have, which is in Nashville, Indiana, but it is moving. And it's basically these big steel plates. And they've cut out a silhouette of a soldier. And that silhouette represents that missing piece. And they have them aligned in a squad. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you can go to their website and actually volunteer to be an ambassador where you go out and hand out stuff, have a tent, a flag. Um, so I looked into it and they had a memorial rock going in on in Lexington, Kentucky, sponsored by Rolling Thunder Kentucky, which is a bike organization that supports veterans as well. And it was... Uh, for Sergeant Struthers, who was a soldier who lost his battle with the darkness and took his own life. And what they were doing is we marched, we foot marched like army style, right? 22 miles with 22 pounds through Lexington, Kentucky, which, by the way, is beautiful area of Kentucky. Very nice. Yeah. And we were down by the racetrack and the horse barns. And every mile they... Uh, Every mile, Rolling Thunder had put out flags. So as you pass the flag, somebody in the group would grab the flag and we would march. And we ended up at a veteran cemetery uh, up there near Lexington. And they placed all the flags together and they had Sergeant Struthers' daughter speak to us. And I'm going to tell you what, for a bunch of burly bikers, and you had rangers out there and you had civilians of all types of fitness level you had all these people. I'm going to tell you what. When that little girl spoke and she choked up, there mm-hmm. wasn't a dry eye there. Yeah. Amazing experience. And they took the time. So we would walk three or four miles and then we would take a break. And we would, and it was mm-hmm. frustrating some because my muscles were tightening up. And I was no. like, oh, my. I tell you what. I had <laughs> a blister a for, I've had a blister for about a week after those 22 miles. I would do it again, though. It yeah. was worth it. The meaning behind it. The people in that area blowing their horn. Raising awareness, we had Mission 22 flags. You had the American flag. So you see this group with, you know, at the end, 22 American flags marching, right? And Sergeant Struthers' wife, uh, Lori, ended up leading us into the Veterans Cemetery at the end. Yeah. With the daughter leading the the pack. And uh, I think it was about 45 people, 45 to 50 people. And I think we had two people that didn't finish it, but they got picked up. They got taken towards the end, and they got back in, and they walked into that cemetery. You know, that represents a lot, though, when you say that. Yeah. Because you think about it. They weren't going to make it. They were picked up and brought back into it to finish it. Um, you know what I'm saying? I like it. Like, yeah. when I think of it that way, like, as soon as you um, – Actually, you brought up about those uh, those steel plates and the cutout steel plates. I pulled it up. I'm looking at it right now. It says, each steel plate was created – in the likeness of a real American veteran who lost their battle with post-traumatic stress. These 20 men and women 
are a representation of those we are losing every day to the battle here at home every single day. Uh, and I, I was looking at these pictures, and I'm telling you, those things are just amazing. You know, yeah. this is that's quite the foundation. You know, that, that, that went out and you know that's doing this. It's, and what I saw that it said they under the about us of their their website. You know, obviously, it's mission m i s s i o n two two the numbers that is dot com. Um, but if you want to see this stuff, you can check it out. And they, you know they have a contribute. They have the memorials. They talk about their programs on there, and then you can get gear. And yeah, they I'm, got some merch. They got- yeah, a little bit of merch. Yeah. Um, but these silhouette things are just—I mean. And it's in yeah. Nashville, Indiana, not Tennessee. I was really oh, excited because yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Nashville, Tennessee, which is down the road. And I was like, oh, it's Indiana. Yeah. And uh, I recently was in that area and did not get to check it out. But I read somewhere that yeah. they're moving them to a permanent home in Oklahoma. Really? Um, yeah, they're moving them to a permanent home. And it's the War at Home Memorial is what it's actually called. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, right there. It says it on the uh, It says it on the plaque, War at Home. Okay. I got you. But yeah. when you look at it, so I want you to look at the picture, Brian, and tell me what you really think when you look at that missing piece of that giant piece yeah. of steel. Like, that's uh, somebody's loved one. Yeah. And that's it. And you know what the thing is, too? It's not just one service. You know, it's multiple services because I'm seeing, I'm seeing Army, oh, yeah. I'm seeing Navy up here, I'm seeing the Marines, Air Force. And when you look, when, like you said, when you look through and you see, so it's the silhouette cut out. But you see what's beyond it. And to me, in my mind, they didn't see beyond what was going on, right? So metaphorically, I'm thinking we're able to see beyond, but they were never able to. And they stopped at that, you know. And how we get to that certain point of life of where we can kind of talk about it. And I mean, are we always going to help everyone commit suicide? Were you there? Were you there for the suicide training we just recently did? Uh, when that guy came in from uh, the higher headquarters at all? No, I you didn't don't get. Think yeah, was, oh, that's right, because you were out processing. That's right, because somebody's leaving. <laughs> no, uh, <clears throat> such a sad day. Uh, but no, so this guy he came in and he he even said he said he said is suicide a army problem? Is it a navy problem? Air force problem? Is it marine problem? And there was no. There was kind of like no one knew what to answer, and it. I, w- I was happy to hear what he said. He said, "No, it's 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 a problem. It's just a problem. It's not it's problem like it's not our it. specific problem with our service. All we're trying to do is be more proactive and just try to get the word out. But it's a problem. And if more people understood what was going on or understood, you know, what somebody was feeling, because that's what we're worried about. You know, to you know." Uh, I don't want to talk about feelings, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? That one time, that one big, burly, hardest ever dude grabs that little, that young man who, uh, you know, who just seems like he's, and says, hey, man, you okay? Let's talk about it. That might save that kid's life. Yeah. You know? And it's not, I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. So, you know, uh, I've had a soldier in the past. And and to point that, put that question to them, are Mm -hmm. you thinking about hurting yourself? So the army tells us that's how to do it, and they make it sound very uh, unrealistic. Are you thinking about hurting yourself? Like, yeah. But it's how you pose. But when it comes that moment yeah. where okay, the only thing left to say is I need mm-hmm. to know if you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah. It's not an easy question to ask, yeah. but you have to have the ability and the intestinal fortitude to say I'm asking that question. It, so and it's, it it even comes down to the not just hey are you hurting, yourself, but how about um 
Are you okay? Or what's going on? Um, why are you feeling this way? What is result? What? Where did these results come from? You know, like there's so many different things. Yeah. But down, to, down to what you said. So, I, are you going to hurt yourself again? And I've shared this with you. A very good friend of mine. He just wasn't right, and he he's been injured. He's a combat injured, and uh, been blown up a few times. And something just wasn't clicking when I did see him, and we were very. This close. This was recently, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. we were very close at another duty station, and. I got here and it just was like, I feel like I should be seeing this guy a little bit more. And I called him and I said, hey, you want to have lunch? And he said, yeah, that'd be cool. And I said, all right, let's have lunch. What mm-hmm. about this day? And we'll go have pizza. New York Pizza Depot. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Worth the plug. <laughs> I said, uh, let's go have some pizza. And we went. And we just talked about whatever, and he's getting out because he's been blown up, and he's got a lot of shrapnel in his joint of his uh, ankle, and they can't really do too much. So Mm. um, he was struggling. Like, he had some demons. Mm -hmm. I played golf with this guy, and he took, no kidding, an airline shot or two per hole for 18 holes and then got in his car and drove home. He would not let me take him home. Like, almost physical altercation type stuff. Right. So – I, I sit down, have pizza with them, and we just talk. We just talk. We didn't talk. I didn't say, "Hey, are you gonna hurt yourself?" Yeah. Just talk. Yeah. And uh, that afternoon, I want to say I maybe was in your office. He texted me and said, "Hey, bro, hey, thanks for that today. I really needed that. I wouldn't yeah. mind going to lunch every week with you." Yeah. And yeah. we did. Yeah. Well, next time we have lunch, and then the next time he says, "Hey, uh, so I was at therapy today," and he starts sharing some of his therapy stuff. I'm like, "That's awesome, man." He's mm. like, yeah, I haven't drank in a week and a half. And I'm like, all right, that is really good. Yeah. Um, and then I see him again. We have lunch. And now he's getting a call from Google and he's getting offered a job. And he's transitioned out to Army. And now he has this job making $25 plus an hour. Oh, man. As he transitions out. And he's like, okay. I said, so life is going well. But he still has some things. Yeah. So last time I had lunch with him, he had hit a dog that day. And he it was eating him up. Cause he has a beautiful dog that he loves and it was eating him up. Right. And I said, did you kill it? And he's like, I don't know. I said, then why are you going to let that overwhelm your yeah. mind? Yeah. You're not sure. Yeah. And, uh, talk to him all the time now. Yeah. He's working so we don't get to do lunch, but who's to say what difference that could have made? Maybe it didn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just, we were just sharing some great pizza, mm-hmm. but I, just noticing something wasn't right with him. Yeah, made a huge impact for me, and uh, made me make that move. And my wife's like, and I asked her. I said, "Should I call him? Because he's he is kind of a macho." Yeah. And uh, my wife's like, "Yeah. What's he gonna say to you? You guys are close, and you know, maybe it made a difference." Yeah, and you know, uh, I think about that too. Like you had mentioned about him drinking the airline shots and whatnot, and and maybe he wore a couple of them off, or whatever. But one of the things that gets me is suicide without knowing it so you're living a reckless lifestyle and you don't even realize Mm -hmm. it you know i i mean i've done some crazy stuff in my life you probably have too but we know those people those individuals we like you know they're just like they're drinking way too much they're uh they're dabbling in like recreational drugs you know you you can tell you can tell when somebody's living a, life, a crazy lifestyle because that's the same person when they show up to work in the morning. You're like, dude, what happened to you? You know? Yep, absolutely. But yep. what we don't do is we don't say, hey, man, can 
you want to talk about it? Or we don't, we don't say, Hey man, what, why don't you come over tonight? And we'll just, you know, we'll do blah, 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 whatever, you know, or let's get together or something. Instead, we just say, Oh, you look horrible. All right. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. We're what? not, we want to be nine to five friends, but we don't want yeah. to be friends beyond that. Or we're scared to talk to them. Yeah. And we're, we're scared to just approach it. And yeah. I tell you what, that guy, uh, after I did that, I, I was very happy for him. And as mm-hmm. I watch him progress now, yeah, like, you know, I, I'm, it's great because I knew where he was when we were at another right. duty station and it, and he deployed. Mm-hmm. So he got blown up and stuff that happened. I had left. He deployed after I left and that happened. Mm. Um, and in and, and that group, like I had another guy with him who had been shot down range. He shot in Afghanistan. Right. And, uh, then he comes back, wife leaves and he drives himself into a tree at an excessive speed. Ooh. And he lived. But then he started making videos, and this is what really touched me, is he started making videos, and he's like, call somebody, talk to them. Call a buddy today you haven't talked to. Maybe they need to hear your voice. So he took what he put himself through, his attempted mm-hmm. suicide, and he made it a positive thing. This dude was posting videos every day on Instagram. And sometimes it would be like, so you hear this song in the background, uh, that's my song of the day. Yeah, it's Taylor Swift. But hey, <laughs> love me whatever. some Tay <laughs> Yeah, so he would post stuff like, and then some days he'd be like, "Have you talked to somebody today? Have you talked to a friend today? Yeah. Maybe it's not you that needs it. Maybe it's them." And I told him, "Yeah, your message is powerful. Now we need to figure out how to get it to be a mass message, or maybe that's your calling. Yeah, maybe that's what he needs to help him overcome his darkness is to help somebody else overcome their darkness. Yeah, so. that, and that's and that's exactly what it is. You know, it's have you talked to somebody today? Talk to somebody. You know, um, I saw a video. It was, it was. I don't know if it was on a Facebook or if it was YouTube. I don't remember where I saw it, but it was recently. And this guy's got a beard. You know, he's the. It's the typical soldier look. You know what I mean? The the typical. I just got out and I got to grow all my facial hair <laughs> yeah, at one time. Yeah. Uh, but so he's running down the road and it's just him jogging and I just and he, there's some music and some talking. Uh, but then it turns into like a real aggressive, like he just stops in the middle of the road, starts screaming. And, and then he's in a truck. I don't know if you had on your, maybe you had on yours, um, your Facebook page, but then he's in a truck and he's sitting in this truck and there's a gun beside of him and all, you know, like, and he calls someone and then talk to someone, you know, that's what it was. And I was just like, wow, you know I mean? That, that right there, I mean, that in itself, just, hey, just talk to someone. If you see someone that just looks down in their dumps, maybe the, maybe they're not trying to commit. Maybe they're not, but at least you talk to them, you know? Well, yeah, maybe at they're least. going through something. It may not yeah. be, a, uh, you know, that may not be their suicide trigger. Yeah. But they might be going through yeah. something. So, hey, how you doing? You doing all right? Like, yeah. Know, um, I play softball here, and uh, some one of the – people there i've known for a little bit and and they didn't seem right you know last week and it, it's just a matter of cracking the joke like uh did you really have to hop the ball to first base from third like i feel like you should have probably been able to throw it in one shot haha <laughs> you're right you know yeah a, a joke uh they hit after me so i'm rounding for i'm rounding second base and they're right on my heels right and i'm yeah twice their age and just making a joke about that saying Hey, uh, you might want to slow down because that was it. Like, I'm not speeding up anymore. But that <laughs> makes them laugh. And they were going through yeah. something. Doesn't have to be suicidal. But they weren't their selves. And I got a laugh out of them. I've always dealt with life yeah. with a little bit of humor. I've tried to. Uh, I think 
laughter is great medicine. It is. And when you say that, as soon as you said that, it made me think of Robin Williams. Like, oh yeah, man! Like it breaks my heart that dude lo- that he took his life like that. Yeah. I just like because I loved him as a kid growing up and watching all the different movies he's did, and I, mean, I still watch him. And I just laugh my butt off. Uh, I I think Hook came on one night, and I and I kept thinking to myself, I'm like that dude will never make another movie. It's, it's you know, it's just yeah. so. And we're not talking as in we were laugh. We we wouldn't laugh at suicide, but. What we're saying is, is sometimes humor can help uh, ease that tension, you know? And that might just be what they need. Yeah. They may just need somebody to make them laugh. Man, my Absolutely. day has been really bad today. Yeah. I really needed that laugh. I can tell you, I start every day mm-hmm. by watching Mary with Children. Maybe not the most <laughs> appropriate content in this time and frame. But the reason is, I like to start my day by laughing. And no matter how many times I've seen those shows, I can always laugh at them. Yeah. And since I started doing it, it just gives me a positive feeling as I start my day before I get to the gym and really try to get after it or anything. I like to laugh first. Yeah, So absolutely. it's just a thing. Uh, my boss that I work for now loves Kevin Hart Radio. Oh, my And goodness. he will listen to Kevin Hart Radio to get that laugh in. Now, he's going to go from there to some kind of news station and talk radio, but he's going to get a laugh in first because it helps start your day on a positive. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I stopped watching the news uh, about two weeks after the inauguration of the president. Not because of the president, but because I thought it was so depressing. So uh, that was my that was like my coping for it. Like I just don't watch the news. Um, I, I stopped watching the news when we started deploying into uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. I very seldomly yeah. watch the news because of it. Yeah, I'll watch me some ESPN though. I will watch ESPN because I like to see what's going on. But see what the Patriots are going to be accused oh, of. Oh, don't even start! <laughs> Look at you. No, but I mean, when you think about it, you know, it's it's those triggers too. So, for instance, I said I stopped watching the news because I felt it was depressing. Um, there could be other triggers. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't like to go by a cemetery because it makes me think of someone. And then I become depressed. And depression is a key element found in that overall mindset of suicide, you know. And, or, you know, we used to say it. Are people that are going to think about committing suicide, well, or they're just mentally ill. Well, no, but something's not clicking right now, you know. Maybe the body has decided to stop producing those happy feeling drugs and more of the other types of drugs in our body, you know. I'm not saying that they're mentally ill. I'm not saying that they uh, that they have something wrong with them. It's just something at that moment is doing something, and maybe it's building up. So it's not a moment; it's a long moment. You know, um, there's all kinds of things that can make you sad. Now, do we stay away from everything sad? You can't. It's no. almost impossible. Yeah. You know, is blowing a bubble? No. But it's that idea. You know, if I'm not feeling right about something, I try to avoid it. Or I'll talk to somebody about it. I'll, you know, and is it completely on me to watch out for you? No. It's also on you to watch out for you with me, you know? So it's a communication process, you know? When we talk about communication, one of the, probably the biggest problems today that's creating this young children suicide, it's this thing right here, the cell phone. This thing is a, or let me pick up my iPad. That thing. It's what's found in that. It's that social media stuff. So, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, it could, No, go right so, ahead. 
thought process. I agree with you because we're so engaged with those phones and pads mm -hmm. and all this other stuff that we, we keep talking about talking to mm -hmm. somebody, but we don't know how to talk anymore. Oh, no. Nope. So it drives me absolutely crazy to sit down to dinner, and if you're out, uh, people straight to the phone. Like, yeah. am I not interesting? Yeah, I can tell you a joke if you want. I don't know. Yeah. like I'll song and dance if you put that phone away, but we don't know how to communicate. So for me to talk to Brian and try to help Brian, right? I'm not comfortable communicating already, and then it's a difficult subject on top of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Technology is a wonderful thing. I love having the Google machine at my fingertips. Oh, yes. But it's also a very negative thing. We it's, have to find that balance, which it, our guy Jocko, Jocko Willenick on yeah. uh, the Jocko podcast just talked about this. And he said, do you think that's why podcasts are so popular? Because what are we doing right now? We're just sitting here talking, you and I, right? Yeah. A little bit of uh, technology uh, sprinkled in to give us stats and stuff. Yeah. But our podcast is so popular because it's just people having a conversation. Communicating. Absolutely. That's what it is. Yep. And we're, we're having a conversation. So if somebody's listened to this, maybe there's something we said that made them laugh. Or maybe it's something that uh, that kind of brought light to their eyes. I listen to – I like to listen to Jocko. I like to listen to um, a couple other – you know, you said – you talk, you talked to me about the uh, the Joe Rogan one. I've also listened to Tim Ferriss. Joe one. Rogan's a little rough sometimes, though. Yeah. If you don't like UFC, he's he has MMA. But he does tell you, yeah. today we're going to be talking about MMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about that. He can be so. salty sometimes, too. <laughs> and, and he's yeah. known to use substances on yeah. the air. Yeah, yeah. There are some moments that are funny to Joe yeah. Rogan too. I, I'm a big Jocko guy. I can't yeah, wait I for the book. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've just what was that book? The next one. Oh yeah, the Academy of Leadership. <laughs> Pre-ordered from Amazon. Will be waiting on me when I arrive at my sister's house. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it is good. And actually, we're probably gonna um, and not to give a future preview of this, but we're gonna talk about books next episode. But we're not. Let's not take away from this. I'm just letting yeah. people know, um, because you know. Well, that's it's where good. so Jocko is also where I got the term the darkness. He talks about suicide in a couple of his episodes, mm -hmm. and when he termed it the darkness, I said it is the darkness because mm -hmm. if, I, if I flick, if this room is dark, right? If we're in the darkness. I'm not turning the lights but off. But I can you in here. flick a light switch or communicate with somebody, and I can get rid of the, help get rid of the darkness yep. by turning on a light. So I like the term darkness for uh, suicides, mm -hmm. people who are thinking about contemplating suicide. I like it. It's their darkness. We all have demons. It's just a matter of can mm -hmm. we control them and what prevents us from controlling them at what point. All right. Mm -hmm. So some people deal with their demons very well. Uh, some people, you don't know yeah. at what point. I am moving right now. My family is moving. Sure. It is so stressful. <laughs> That, you know, without my wife, I would be going bonkers. Uh, you know, I may have an extra drink or three every night. Oh, but my wow. wife has got me grounded and we sit and we talk and we plan yeah. the next day and what we need to do. So, yeah, there's so much to move in your family. And then I'm moving abroad, too. So, yeah, I mean, you just moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was um, <clears throat> I didn't realize how much you build in 10 years um, of living in the same place, which I've been very fortunate enough when I brought I mean, <clears throat> you go down to my garage right now. It is chocked full of stuff. I went in there, wasn't last night, night before, and I was just, because I'm trying to do it piece by piece, because if it doesn't belong in this house, we're getting rid of it. But how overwhelming it is 
when I go in there. Like I just see all this stuff. Right. I'm just overwhelmed. And I, I told Michelle, I said, I gotta, I gotta get out of here a minute. So I walked back out of the garage. Because you recognize that yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah. Well, some people don't recognize that. No. And that's when we start looking at the darkness. And they uh, spiral. Something. It could be anything. We're talking about a move because everybody who has ever moved knows it's stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so much loss of job or. Brian got picked for the pay raise and I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he got selected for that promotion. That's a that could lead to some things. Yeah, my buddy, twenty years in the military and you're getting out. What next? What's next for me? There's new guys that go thirty years and then. So I started the process of getting out the military and I was afraid because what's next? How do I feed my wife, my children, and my poodle Patton? How do I feed them? Yeah. So. That can be a trigger for some people. Now, me, I will be honest with you. I think I handle it pretty well. My wife says sometimes I don't take things as serious as I should. So we gotta go through life with a smile, right? I mean, yeah, it is. It is funny though because um, we are under an umbrella with what we do, in a sense, like a safe, a safe umbrella. Because unlike a civilian job or civilian entity. They're not so much worried about what's going on in your personal life. So whatever you do is what you do. You, If you decide to go and as long as you show up to work and work, you're good for them, right? Yep. With us, we get involved with everything. Um, if somebody's having issues, we have, well, we consider them free service, but they're really not free. Somebody's getting paid and it's just the movement of money, whatever. And we have that crazy umbrella. But when we are coming out from under that umbrella, which I haven't experienced yet, but I know plenty of people have, and you talked about it. We start seeing, oh my goodness, oh I gotta pay insurance. Oh I gotta I gotta uh I gotta make this amount of money to pay all the bills that I have. Cause frankly, I know people are gonna they're gonna be like, oh I can't believe you'd say that. I think we make pretty darn good money in the military. I mean I don't think I'm, I'm not too bad. I'm not complaining. Well when you think about services. So you talk about the service thing too. Well we're under this umbrella, but if we're out in the civilian world and we're working for, you know, this business nine to five. Yeah. They're not concerned about you being depressed at 6 PM. Nope. Nine to five. That's what I need from you. The army, the military period, not just the army. We're worried about all the time. Nobody's going to come up to you working at the firm down the street and say, are you depressed? Mm. We're going to get you help and we're going to fund it for you. You're not going to see that as now some companies I'm sure will do that, but not all of them. The guy working down at the local blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. The local blockbuster is not getting that kind of treatment, right? He's not getting that treatment. If you're working at Barnes and Noble, whatever, you're probably not getting that treatment. McDonald's. Yeah. So when I'm depressed, where's my help coming from? Well, they want me to pay for it. Well, I can't afford to pay for it. So now mm-hmm. suicide's becoming that option, and that's the civilian side of things. Yeah, the military, the services are there, but we want to be macho. We want to beat our little chest, and we don't want to ask for help. No. That's that's the that's the bottom yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does come down to multiple things, you know, and it's not it's not any one cause for it. You know, it's maybe a chemical imbalance this time, and or maybe it's this other thing, or I'm too prideful this time. But it really does come down to hey. Did I say something to anybody? Or did I listen to what somebody else was saying? So let's look at both sides here. Did I listen to what you were saying? You know, did I catch on that fact that I just can't do this anymore? 
Yeah, a small comment. I just can't do this anymore. Your guy said that. Yeah, I can't absolutely. do this anymore. Well, what? What? Our next comment should be, what? What can't you do? You, you can't drive. You can't come to work. What can't you do? And no. get them to explain it. And now we're now the ball's rolling. But you have to listen. So with that guy, he would not come out and say it, right? So I'm like. What do you mean you can't do mm-hmm. it anymore? Mm-mm. No, I just can't take it. It's just not worth it. Well, what do you mean? And finally, I was like, you know what? We're just going to cut to the chase. Yeah. Listen, let's get you somebody to talk to. Yeah. And we'll try. Now, was I impressed when I was the only one that could go there? No. But I knew it was the right thing to do. So, yes, I have to tell my wife, hey, after dinner, I got to go out to the Cumberland Hall. And I have to attend group with. XYZ, whatever his name was, mm-hmm. right? Schmuggatelli. Let's call him that. That's my boss's guy. Schmuggatelli. <laughs> so I got, I t- have to take a time away from my family to do this, but at the end of the day, that young man is out the military, has a job, has a family, mm-hmm. and is living and breathing right now. And maybe it wasn't because of me, and maybe it was. Who knows? You but don't know. I don't know. And I, what I do know is I would not have been able to cope with him taking his life because I minimized what he was saying. Mm. I I couldn't have coped with that. That would have been very difficult. I would have had to go to some kind of therapy, something. It would have been Mm -hmm. very hard for me to deal with that. But you know what? You know, uh, uh, one of the things I was thinking about, I just, and I couldn't get out of my head for a moment. There was, sometimes people are trying to escape something too. It's not like, because it's it's my last resort. Like maybe they're trying to escape a lifestyle they're living or maybe they're trying to escape the fact that they made a mistake and they did something they weren't supposed to. I I sat as a bailiff for a case involving that type of thing. Were you a bailiff during that? Yes. And it was very, very difficult for me to listen to. Very difficult. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I also, uh, came out of the courthouse after that person committed suicide in the parking lot. Yes. So they were basically, they were found guilty. They were not arraigned. They were not sentenced. Went on lunch break, goes out to the car with an escort and pulls a 45 out and shoots himself in the face. And I heard a commotion. I was in the the bathroom at the time, Latrine. I heard a commotion. I came running out and... I saw the body. I can still see it if I close my eyes right this minute. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that was difficult. I get his intent, though, because in the military, mm-hmm. once the, he would have been sentenced, yeah, he loses all his benefits. Yeah. So because he did that prior to yeah. being sentenced, his family still got his benefits. Um very hard situation. Very difficult to listen to. And I'm going to tell you, it was the, the listen to the trial. Initially, I was like, good, that's what he gets. But after a couple of days, I was, I was a little traumatized by it. After a few days, I was really like, that's rough. Like, that's mm-hmm. rough. He made a tough, tough decision. And yeah. maybe in somebody's eyes, he made amends for the things he had done. Mm-hmm. But it was still, I yeah. Mean, it wasn't his only way out, but it was his answer to himself at that yeah. moment. Yeah. And somebody did come up after it happened and say, what happened? And tell him, somebody in our higher-ups. And they said, good. At least he did something good for his family. And I just, I didn't think that was the right comment no. at that moment. I mean, we're talking no. within 30 minutes of the suicide. I just didn't think. Yeah. 
So like I said, I've had a lot of experience with these things, and yeah, it, it and that part that is you know that's a that's a sad situation. Uh, I happen to know that guy, um, but really to tell you the truth, I'm not like what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's okay for people to do bad things to children, women, mm-hmm. other men, whatever. I'm not saying that's okay, and that they shouldn't be punished or something. Like that. I'm not saying that, or or that they should. You know, all I'm saying is, is a life is important. Period. If we can uh, keep from harming lives, obviously. I mean, with our profession, I mean, we're that's kind of we go. I mean, what our profession is we're supposed to go to war. You know, we yeah, defend at, at times. Yeah, we, at times we, we have to yeah. stack bodies. Yeah, that's we, what we have to do. We defend the nation in in multiple aspects, but it's just to me. I don't know. I think about it, and I'm like, you know, we can we can uh, we can do something about that. So why not? And there are multiple resources to help people. You talk about Mission 22. Um, there are organizations. There was, um, there was one I just saw recently. Uh, and, oh, it, the 13 Reasons Why thing I talked about. They have an org. Really? Yeah. So after every episode, at the very end of the episode, it goes into the credits. And then real quick, it pops up with the uh, 13reasonswhy.com or info.org. It gives you info for people to go to and to get help, you know. So there's so much out there that we're not, you know, the, it needs to be spread. And I'll tell you right now, I'm going to find out what those are in, in the bottom of the show notes. When you know, if, you, if you've listened to it and you want to see more about it or you want to try to help someone, just go down there, click and whatnot. But we're definitely going to try to, you know, try to push this, you know. We don't mean to make this a sad show or anything like that. We just want to make more, more people aware of it, you know. And since you mentioned awareness, so we film or we record these episodes to build a library before we release. So today is the last day. Well, no, not the last day, but we're coming up on the last week of September. So September is actually Suicide Awareness Month in the military. It is. It is. So it's kind of ironic because we didn't plan it that way that Mm -hmm. we were doing this episode. And again, this is not just a military problem. This is a epidemic across the world you already mm-hmm. heard every 40 seconds mm-hmm. every 40 seconds across the world somebody is committing suicide some because their culture teaches them that's the way to fight some just because they feel like there's nothing there and they have mm-hmm. nobody to talk to all right so yep. it is a big big issue obviously we focus on the military because of what we uh what we do yeah and really it's just it's just getting the information out talking about it talking to someone finding out where the resources are because you know one of the things you you brought up is we have this we have services we can go to because we're in the service but there are free services for those who are um that are in the civilian sector there are free services there are free there's free counseling there's free support groups there's there are free things out there so it's not like you just have to oh well they just they're lucky they get the treatment no everyone can get these things you know, whether you served or not, you know, and that's the whole point behind it is to kind of like, hey, get some help or, hey, ask me, I'll come help or, hey, just talk to me, you know, one of those things. But really, it's just trying to figure that part out. Um, it, I, I'm sitting here and I was thinking about what we were talking about. So we had the surge. We had the surge. It was uh, towards the end of 2005, really it's 2006 through 2008 type yeah. thing. Six, uh, eight. 
Yeah, and, and that surge was when we just sent a ton of people to Iraq. Like, a ton of people went to Iraq. I was recruiting at the time, so I was helping putting those people in the Army, right? I was deployed for 06 to 08. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> during 2008, 140 American soldiers committed suicide. In 2008, that's one year, uh, breaking all previous suicide records ever in the military. So, previous to that, n- that many never happened, right? Uh, in the first four months of 2009, four months, they hit 91 and four months. So if you, you know, you figure out the math and whatnot. Uh, if this rate continues, it were to continue through, through 2009, they would have hit 270 soldiers. But prevention started kind of helping. And thing, other things came into play We uh, in, in, in the service. We were able to kind of, like, we focused on it, you know, a lot more, like you said. Because yeah. it was an epidemic with us. Like, it was massive. Yeah, we threw a lot of resources at it. So I'm going to share with you the, the 22 a day is an average, obviously. 22 veterans don't commit suicide every day. It's an average. Mm-hmm. But I read an article, and of those 22 a day uh, for veteran suicide, yeah, a lot of them haven't never, have never deployed. Really? So people think, oh, 22, well, you know, the deployments and stuff. So the majority of those 22 have never deployed. Right. So yeah. that's, so we can't blame the deployment thing. We can't blame Iraq and Afghanistan and Kosovo and all these other places that we go to do our thing. Hmm. It's more than that. It's, it's something else. I think a lot of, my opinion, a lot of it is the structure, especially us guys like you and me, 20 years plus. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so you do this for 20 years with this structure. You will be here at 6 o'clock. You will be here at, yep. at 9 o'clock. Yep. Your lunch will be at 11.30. You will be back from lunch at 1 o'clock, like yep. 1,300, 1 o'clock. Then I take all that structure away. And mm. I think a lot of us have an issue coping with that lack of structure. Mm-hmm. Now, I moon. I did some moonlighting. I did uh, civilian job security. And I'm going to tell you, in the civilian sector, now maybe it was that company, I was like, yeah, I can't get out the military because I'm not ready for this lack of structure. So yeah, yeah. if I say you will not wear hoop earrings, you will not do this, you will wear white shoes, yeah, and you come to work in gray shoes or or purple shoes, yeah, and nobody says anything or sends you home. So that for me as a soldier, yeah, where we're taught discipline, 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 timeline, timeline. I'm like, oh yeah, and then somebody relieved me. So they say, oh, you're gonna be on this door and X, Y, and Z will come and relieve you for lunch at this time. <laughs> yep. At that time, I want my lunch. Now, here we are 30 minutes later and you're showing, oh, my bad, man. I, I got lost. No, no, no. There's no my bad because I've had that structure. So I think a lot of times in the military, we lose the structure mm-hmm. and we have a lot of issues coping with that loss of structure. We talked to uh, Jeff. Oh, yeah. And, and Jeff will tell you in a heartbeat that since he left the military, that structure missing oh, yeah. is a thing. We'll like, talk to him again. Uh, yeah, that that has been a key thing because he told me, he's like, he's like, he's like, I went from working with a bunch of alphas to uh, there's not as many alphas out there. And I'm like, well, that's kind of like that's the way we kind of groom our own to be is like everyone everyone wants to be an alpha, you know. Yeah. With, and maybe you're us. not an alpha your first four years yeah. in your career. Yeah. But if you stay beyond your first enlistment of you're your career. Learn. You're going to become an alpha eventually. Eventually, you're going to become... You may be a soft alpha, like not super aggressive alpha, more yeah. passive. But So, I'm an alpha at work, but at home, I'm passive. Oh, you better be. I've met her. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, hey, uh, real quick though, uh, you said the guy was thirty minutes late. Did he at least bring you a Snickers? No, because you, you get well, you angry. Know, you know, at a stadium, we were working at Guns N' Roses concert at a stadium. <laughs> yeah, a Snickers is like fifteen, sixteen dollars probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know how they jack up the prices. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. But it was just that structure, and and, and I was like, yeah, no, then which made me not retire. Right, I absolutely was like. Yeah, I'm not ready for this yet. I gotta stay in the military yeah. uh, until they tell me, "Hey, you got to go." Yeah, it's it's just one of those things though because it, it does weigh on your mind. I we're gonna leave this part uh, with the whole you know the suicide awareness is. Listen, if if you think for some reason that you need to talk to someone or that you're starting to have the, just those thoughts or any type of things. You really should just just grab somebody's ear. It could be a perfect stranger. It could be the lady on the bus. It could be somebody that that you're in a riding group together, or maybe you decided to uh, you know help the the local boys and girls uh, group home or whatever. And maybe that's something to live for. Maybe that's something to you know kind of uh, to to reach out to help you to find that meaning again. Because really, that's what it comes down to. It's a, there's a meaning there that you may have lost. Well, I will tell you, you. No matter who you are, I may not know you, I may know you, Ed may not know you, or he may. You're worth, li- you know, the life that you are. And, and to try to take that, you know, take that, I, I, I'm i telling you there's probably something way beyond that. Um, you, you could spend more time with someone else or, you, you know, you could, you know, see a happy face one more day. It's just one more day. That's yeah. what I would I would call Absolutely. it. So what do you what are you thinking? I, I see your wheels are turning. Well, so I'm thinking, you know, think back to your story, and, and so let's say at nine years old you're successful, and then, you know, your wife, you've impacted mm-hmm. her life, and the kids don't come, mm-hmm. and you've impacted my my life. Yeah, you know, you don't realize that then, and especially at nine years old, like the finality mm-hmm. of it, you you really don't understand, but you don't know what you're destined for. No. So, I mean, no, I like to bit. think you're an all right guy. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. But you didn't know yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go through this abuse and I'm going to mm-hmm. persevere and I'm yeah. going to bring my brother with me and I'm going to do some great stuff. I mean, so get some help. Um yeah. I'm going to say that the National Suicide Prevention um lifeline is 1-800-273 talk or 8255. 1-800-273 talk. Take a look at uh, Mission 22. Great way to help your veterans or if you are a veteran yourself. The Ambassador Program. Good way to spread. All you got to do is go to a local run. Mm-hmm. Set up a little stand with some cards. And, mm-hmm. and a, they'll, they'll send you the flag and the tent. The whole nine yards. And guess what? People are going to come talk to you. And maybe you're helping that person. Mm-hmm. Just because you're not a veteran doesn't mean you can't help your veterans. And just because you are you are a veteran doesn't mean you can't help civilians. So... There are a lot of great organizations. Brian will put some down. Um, I, I will also, uh, I can't remember the Jocko podcast when he talks about the darkness. Uh, it is with Tim Ferriss, who wrote the book Tools of Titans. So I That's will, a good book. It that is really a good is. book. But it's a bunch of small stories. It, I mean, it, it's uh, a good book. But, they're, yeah, you talk. That's right. I forgot which episode. Was that episode 50? It's close to 50. Because he was talking about what he was going to do for episode 100, which I'm actually reading that book right now. I think it is 50. I think it's 50. Too. Yeah. So I w- and it's 50, and then he's on there again at like 80. But anyway, there's a lot of information out there, and just take the time. And instead of posting that video of what 
some celebrities doing, won't you? I challenge you to post a video about suicide and how to get help. Publish that on your social media and and help somebody. Yeah, I definitely. So let's. uh, We're gonna switch gears. We talked about the suicide thing. We want people to get help. But what we're gonna, what I'm gonna, we're gonna bring up real quick is some things we're gonna talk about in the future. Uh, we just mentioned our next, our next podcast is gonna be really be dealing with books. Um, three, we can call it threes. Uh, three of his favorite, three of my favorite. We're gonna kind of gonna discuss those. Uh, we have a similar one favorite, but his threes. Uh, another thing I, I was trying to bring up is um, one of the things I thought about was tribal influence. So tribal influence, uh, you know, dealing with tribes and whatnot. But what it did is it kind of made me think about a little bit more of like groups, groups that we're a part of, maybe organizations we're part of, or, uh, or, you know, get togethers, events, which will lead me into our whole cycling thing we like to do and whatnot, probably also. So that's probably another thing we should get, we're going to definitely talk about. Um, some of the other things, uh, for instance, uh, Ed brought it up was paying the bill and building some leadership capital. I yep. think that right there in itself, I don't think, I don't know if that's going to be a full hour, but I do think we need to visit it. Um, these are all different topics that I'm, I've been working on to think about us doing. Um, a few other things, uh, basically how being a parent can be scary. I talked about this pre hmm. uh, on a few other <laughs> ones and how that, well, I mean, shoot, you could, you know, you could associate that to suicide. Could and you that's imagine? Why I taught my daughter that class because yeah. I was afraid, and then she yeah. was in the midst of her senior year, getting ready to go to college. Yeah, overwhelmed, and then her freshman year, <clears throat> absolutely overwhelmed. And Scary. Now she's got a pretty good grasp on it. How is she this year? A story of a guy shoulder tackling her in yeah. a club in Toronto. <laughs> she's a beast, um, though. Yeah, yeah. So. She gets. She definitely gets the uh, the weightlifting and a workout from her dad. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, uh, but these are all just different types of topics we're gonna, we want to kind of hit on. Um, crazy thing is, we only have a few more episodes we're going to get to do together. Well, we're going to do them together. Yeah, yeah. Well, at a distance. I, I mean, yeah. What I mean is, an in person. We were literally sitting in my, I guess we call this a home office. I don't know. Um, and then my my daughter's little, what, we're using this nice, this is like our guest table. We have got to start taking pictures or something. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, but like this is like one of those times where we actually get together. And the funny thing is I just moved. He's fixing, getting ready to move. I moved closer to him. And now he's getting ready to move away from me. Oh, I'm moving way away. Oh, way, yeah. way, way away. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we're going to try the Skype thing and record over Skype. But the idea is to try to keep this going as long as we can and, and you know, try to get more involvement. This is what we're looking from you. Because obviously, from the time that we've recorded this to the time it's released, what we want from you is, hey, throw out your questions to us. What would you like us to talk about maybe? Because, uh, you know, sometimes people want to hear about a certain thing or they want to hear about experiences in a certain way. You're talking about, I have, <clears throat> I'm just, I just hit 20 years of service. You hit. I'm at 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Um, but I'm 39. I'm not. He's no, he's around not. 30. Absolutely not. Yeah, you're okay. not 39. I am 39. Are you that much? Yeah. I mean, are you that close to my age? Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, I no, didn't I'm absolutely it. not telling you. No, I know. <laughs> he's like 40 something. Um, I celebrated the bicentennial. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm getting at is, is we have you know a lot of things we could talk about. Um, Q and A's would be cool, you know, because we maybe we'll do a Q and A show. I don't know, but the whole point is, is just try to. Uh, 
Dude, we'll try to make it a fun experience. You know what? When you're driving or riding a bicycle or walking around or whatever, I hope you're not listening to us lifting weights because that's kind of weird. Um, but that's okay. I absolutely like. listen to the Jocko podcast sometimes while I'm lifting weights. <laughs> because it helps because, you know, you always like get after it. Yeah, I, yeah. So it helps me get after it sometimes. Well, but, he, uh, he does have that one. Uh, he's got there's an actual album. It's like Psychological Warfare, it's called. Yeah. I I listened to like the first three tracks. On I'm it. also part of his 4:15 a.m. crew. Oh, do the you group that gets up? Do at you 4:15? post it? No, I haven't. Oh. But, uh, I do get up at 4:15 to get to the gym by five. So, um, little side note, you said that <clears throat> my alarm clock goes all goes off every day at four o'clock, and I lay there for like moments and thinking I don't want to get up. I don't want to get up. And like oh, I gotta walk the dog. What would Jocko say? Get up. So that's what get I get up and get after yeah. it. Well, that so the first couple uh, tracks on his uh, psychological warfare, that's what it is. He counts down. One of them says, "All right, you're not up yet. Now you're getting it." And, like he just goes into this whole <laughs> spiel of like how you should get up and get after it, and, uh, whatever. But um, no, really, on the serious note, really, what we're just trying to do is trying to make it uh, an enjoyable time. And if you are like him and you listen to stuff like this when you work out, I mean, hey, do you, boo boo? Okay? It's either this or. Katy Perry, Taylor Swift combo. <laughs> uh, don't judge me. <laughs> I, I'm judging because I listen to the same thing. Um, maybe we listen together. No. <clears throat> but, hey, thank you very much for listening in. Um, once again, you can always find us. Uh, we have the website now. It's the instinctiveinfluencers.com. You'll also see that our there's a Facebook page. If you haven't liked it or gone on there and joined the group, go on, join the group, join the discussions that are going on. Make sure you check all the notes uh, in the show notes if you want to find out more information about suicide. At no point did we want to take this lightly, but we wanted to make it a conversation. So at any time you thought, hey, well, they seem really lighthearted about it. It's not that we're lighthearted. We're just lighthearted people in a sense when we get together and talk and we enjoy our conversations. But we do take it serious, and we really do appreciate it. This is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Thank you very much. Bye.